and welcome to Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. I'm Richard Dugan, your host. It's a pleasure always to come your way with our special guests and subject matter for this program that uh, airs uh, on this fine station at um, 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. on Mondays, 1 a.m. Uh, on, uh, uh, let me try that one again. That's uh, 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. on Sundays. Mondays at 1 a.m., 9 a.m. on uh, Wednesdays. That's our special edition of Tell Me Your Story. We podcast these programs at SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM, Blueberry, and many other locations. We also have a YouTube channel where you can watch these interviews. We hope that you will, and uh, we hope that you will stay with us as we talk with our very special guest here on the program. His name is Brent Michael Phillips. Uh, he was a successful MIT-trained engineer who experienced a uh, staggering physical challenge, uh, and we're going to talk about that and the insights that he has to share with us along with a long battle of... Uh, well, of failed conventional and alternative treatments for this condition we're going to talk about. And uh, he's come into some interesting knowledge. And today he's the founder of a wonderful website you want to check out. Awakening Dynamics uh, is the name of the uh, a company, if you will, organization. It's an internationally known and best-selling. He is an internationally known and best-selling author and speaker. And the um, media has called him the number one most powerful American healer and spiritual teacher. Well, golly, welcome to the program. I thank you so much for joining us. Oh, I'm excited to be here. This is great. This is uh, going to be a lot of fun uh, because we're going to find out a lot about you, about the work that you're doing, and uh, how you are helping people uh, to achieve uh, the three generations of consciousness. We also encourage people to go to your website because there's a little quiz where you can find your hidden spiritual power. And then, of course, you can start your true spiritual awakening today. You don't have to wait till tomorrow. You can start today. And we hope that you will uh, make it a point to, uh, to find out more about the work that he is doing. Are you ready to experience the world's only true third generation consciousness technology? I didn't even know there were multiple generations. Uh, Brent, uh, tell us, first of all, because this is, I think, uh, the catalyst in terms of how you uh, have come to our uh, uh, microphones and cameras here on Tell Me Your Story. What was the, the catalyst that uh, propelled you forward into this uh, uh, aspect of consciousness, which we're all trying to understand? Yeah, it's uh, the short answer is my life was completely destroyed when I was in my 20s. And uh, I, I was going through a brutal dark night of the soul. And uh, long story short, I was living with severe chronic pain from work injuries and went through years of treatment that didn't help me. And when I was 27 years old, the doctors gave up on me and put me on lifetime disability, sent me home to die. Jeez. And it was... Uh, you know, I, we, we, we can talk more about the story in a bit, but I want to answer your question, which is how did I get into this stuff, right? Yeah. So three years of conventional therapy completely failed. Five years of alternative therapies also completely failed. And I was at the end of my rope. So I agreed to have a very risky experimental surgery thinking, well, I don't have anything to lose, right? 
Well, I did. <laughs> and uh, the, the surgery went terribly wrong. And when I woke up from the surgery, my right arm was completely paralyzed. Couldn't move it at all, which was a big problem since I'm right-handed. And uh, I spent about six months trying all these things to get my arm to go, physical therapy, manipulations, local anesthetic, all these things, right? Nothing worked. I had prolotherapy. I mean, you name it. I was trying everything. And I got introduced uh, to this crazy healer lady named Terry. And she had said, oh, don't worry about that, dear. We can, we can fix your arm. Just come have a session. We just got a lot of subconscious blocks. And I'm like, I don't know, lady. I think my life is destroyed because my best friend betrayed me, stole a multi-million dollar company from me, right? I had a chronic Lyme disease. I was suffering from chemical poisoning from aspartame. I mean, I could go on and on. I'm like, that's why my life sucks, right? Mm -hmm. It wasn't because I had subconscious blocks, right? But I, I, was, I was willing to try anything because I was so desperate. So I booked a session with her. And I went in and she's all smiles sitting across the room from me in her apartment in Santa Monica. And she's like, Brent, you know, we just got to clear some subconscious blocks and then you'll be fine. And I'm like, yeah, whatever, lady. Sounded like a bunch of new age nonsense, right? So she asked me a lot of questions about my belief in God, things that had happened in my childhood, my experience with my startup companies and the betrayal by my best friend and the money I'd lost, all the disappointment and drama. And she was doing this subconscious block clearing thing the whole time. And I'm like, you know, whatever, right? I indulged her. <laughs> and so after about an hour of this, she goes, okay, dear, let, let's fix your arm now. And I'm like, yeah, what? You and what army, right? <laughs> and it was the craziest thing because I'm just sitting across the room from her, right? We're in her living room in her apartment. And she kind of closed her eyes and went into a trance. And I remember I was looking out the window, thinking about what I wanted to pick up for lunch on the way home, right? I'm like, all right, we're almost done with this thing, you know, lunch, home, watch some Law & Order on the TNT or whatever, right? <laughs> and what I did not expect was about a minute into this process of healing, I felt this loud crack and pop in my elbow. It was like a little firecracker went off. Something went kaboom, right? It was like those little clicks we all get in our joints, but imagine like 100 times bigger. That sounded like a gunshot. It was like, boom, right? And I was like, whoa, you know, it scared me. And Terry opened her eyes and smiled. She's like, try your arm, dear. And I was like, yeah, whatever. I'm like, oh, my God. I could move my arm again after almost six months. Mm. And so that was the miracle that gave me my life back. And that was how this very skeptical, rational, science, nerdy engineer type became an energy healing teacher, a, a spiritual worker. And it is my goal to bring this technology to the world to show people there really is something to this. You just need to know what you're doing. Well, now, what's interesting, I'm a Reiki master, had my training many years ago, um, probably late 1990s, early 2000s. And what they taught us in the process was that, number one, it's not my energy from my body that I am sending out it's the, I am a conduit. Yes, you're a channel, a facilitator. But then there's the other aspect. There is no intention when sending out the energy other than to send it out so that either the situation or the individual can use it in whatever way they choose. Mm -hmm. And the reason I bring this up is because my wife and I, my present wife and I, both Reiki masters, 
after we'd had our training, we were sharing this with our parents, and um, I was told about my father's brother who was suffering from cancer and going through all kinds of problems, this and that and the other. Hey, can we get a picture? We'd like to send him an absentee healing if that's okay. He said, yeah, sure. Gave us a picture. We sat down one evening and we spent the time sending him an absentee healing. Following his funeral, okay, following his funeral, um, we uh, heard the story of what happened. That shortly after we had sent the absentee healing, and apparently I don't think my parents shared this with he and his family, uh, he got really mad and he threw his medication up against the wall. He jumped into his wheelchair. He wheeled across the, the, the ranch, the, the compound, if you will, where this family lived to spend time with his son uh, in their cottage or house or what have you. And shortly thereafter, he passed. He died. I have to honor Bernie Siegel, who when we were talking about he and his wife, and I said, so uh, when your wife transitioned, what's your problem? Why can't you say died? She died. It's what happened, you know. <laughs> um, so the question that comes to mind is, um, the question that comes to mind is, what is healing? Because I believe that we did my uncle a service by sharing that energy, sending that energy to him so that he could finish whatever it was he wanted to finish. So from your perspective, Brent, how do you define healing? Well, it's, it's a good question you ask because in my system, Awakening Dynamics, we actually have two different techniques we apply for healings depending on the situation. One is with someone that you can communicate with that's sort of an active partner in the process. That's when we can specify what we want, right? I want to heal from this disease. I want to have more money. I want to heal my broken ankle, my headaches, whatever it may be, right? The other form of healing process is when you don't necessarily have their engagement or permission. You're just sending unconditional love, universal energy to be used in any way that's desired. And so what, what I would say is I'm, I'm going to give you two definitions of healing because there's different ways we can look at this. One is metaphysical, the other is spiritual. And I know for a lot of people, they wouldn't make a distinction, right? For a lot of people, those seem like the same. They're, they're a little different. And so here's how I would describe it. Metaphysical techniques are about learning to use the power of your mind to harness energy, to use invisible forces to direct them to do things for us. So subconscious block clearings, energy healing, manifesting, law of attraction, focus prayer. These are all great metaphysical techniques. We're learning to use the power of our mind, our soul, our energy field, whatever you want to call that, to accomplish goals. So it's, it's great metaphysical technology. The other side of the fence is the spiritual. And it's interesting that many people in the world of energy healing don't see the difference, but there's a huge difference because the spiritual approach is recognizing that every person gets the exact healing they need to move on the next step of their journey. Sometimes it lines up with the ego's agenda. Sometimes it doesn't. So when you did this healing, the man, clearly it was not in his soul's purpose or plan to live another 30 years. 
that it was part of his journey to pass away. Hmm. And the healing you did on him allowed him to do that with less suffering, less stress, less pain. And so that there's a metaphysical part, which is, well, how do we use mind's power to get what we want in life, right? Law of attraction, healing. There's also the spiritual part, recognizing that we can't actually control any of this. That we're just facilitators. We're all delivery vehicles. Yeah. And from the spiritual perspective, the nice thing is healings always work. Okay. 100%. But that's, <laughs> wh- but that's where we talk about this definition of healing. Mm-hmm. Because I personally believe that um, my uncle was healed because he was absolutely relieved of his physical body. Yes. And it actually goes to the next element in one aspect. This is just one aspect <clears throat> of death and dying, which, by the way, is a subject that I love talking about mm-hmm. in spite of the fact that it's very hard for a lot of folks. I just lost my eldest sister to cancer back uh, on the 29th of March of this year. And uh, as of our conversation, I'll be going back to uh, Phoenix uh, for her memorial. I, I refer to it as a funeral so people understand, uh, but it's her memorial. And yet I, 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 I don't, she's not gone. I, I know she's still here. Now, I've been told I'm in shock. I'm still in shock because I haven't had those moments. And maybe I'll have that when I get back to be with the family. Um, I don't know. And, and you know what, whatever, whatever happens. But uh, my first reaction when someone passes is, I wonder what they're doing now. I wonder what are they experiencing? You know, that kind of thing, you know, just very curious, but it also goes to, and granted, we all have our own perspectives on the various philosophies around the world. Uh, I, I refer to them as, as coming from the ancient wisdom teachings, depending upon which one you choose. Uh, for example, in Christianity, you have in the, uh, in the uh, New Testament, in the Gospels, where Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead. Everybody confirmed he was dead. Paul says in the epistles, it is appointed to every man once to die, and then the judgment. So which is it? Yeah. You know, and, and these are the contra—I want to I, I say these are the paradoxes, not contradictions. I'll call them paradoxes, to be kind— Uh, When it comes to these kinds of issues, because we also have people in this modern age, uh, Brent, they are declared by our medical, our scientific medical community, they're dead. Here's our definition of dead. They meet that and all of a sudden they come alive. What the heck is going on? So that's why I like to define these terms. Um. We're talking with uh, Brent Phillips, Brent Michael Phillips here on uh, Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and we also encourage you to go to his website. Uh, I actually went there to take the, uh, the uh, spiritual, um, the Hidden Spiritual Powers quiz, and it, it came out that I, I'm, you know, intuitive, you know. Now, I'm, I'm not 100% on all the time, but I will tell you that uh, I've gotten better when I hear that still small voice. And sometimes it's not really a voice. It's more, more a prompting, turn here. Don't go straight. Turn here, you know, kind of thing. And it's like that impulse is there. I flip that turn signal on and boom, I turn. I, I'm not messing around. I, 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 now, do I do it every single time? I can't. I would say 95, 98% of the time. 
Um, but you also have this concept that we want to talk about, the three generations of consciousness uh, and its uh, techniques, uh, technology, I guess we want to say, the three conscious, consciousness technology. Interesting. Why? Uh, I, I, and maybe we need to define what technology is and why consciousness yeah. Consciousness is referred to as te- why this de- why this term. Well, it's funny that uh, to, to understand the term. Let me give a little more about how I got into this. That okay. will help the listeners understand. <laughs> okay. So you should all. Everyone listening should know. I never thought I'd do anything like this. Right to be teaching energy healing, teach, teaching people to awaken to their spiritual destiny. Seems, sounds almost crazy sometimes because w- when I was growing up, I was pretty much your typical computer nerd. I loved video games. I loved Dungeons and Dragons, Star Trek, Lord of the Rings, all that stuff, right? And I've always been a very sciencey, rational kind of step-by-step kind of person. And uh, I did really well in that world. I graduated from MIT a bunch of times, pilot degrees. I had a great startup company. We did the website for the first launch of the Sony PlayStation. Mm. We did the website for Nissan Motors. We did the website for Disneyland. We did some really cool, high-profile work. But we then started a second company to make online games based on my graduate school research at MIT. And that ended up being the straw that broke the camel's back. So after a couple of years of 80 to 100 hour work weeks, my health was shattered. Hmm. And I spent years in therapy. And uh, when the doctors gave up on me, my best friend and business parser, partner also fired me from the jo- my job at the company I had founded. Yep. Wow. He's... Yep, he's, he, he had played a bunch of legal tricks oh, on me. Geez. Yep, because I trusted him. He was literally my lifelong best friend, right? He had played all these legal games, so he stole the company from me, sold it behind my back for $3 million. And the whole time, I was forced to live with my parents because I was in so much pain. A lot of days, I needed help getting dressed and even just cutting and eating food, right? So it was pretty sickening. And uh, also, just for the curious, he had also been secretly dating the woman I was crazy in love with. (laughs) So that blew up on me. And at 27, I found myself broke, living on disability on my mom's couch. No joke. With being given no chance to recover. But I decided I'll follow up with alternative medicine. And I got kind of lucky there. Because I didn't get too much into depression and day drinking and drugs. Instead, I thought, well, alternative medicine, maybe this can heal me, purely out of desperation. So I did acupuncture, herbs, magnets, and chi machines, and cleanses. And I could go on forever about all the things I tried, right? So five years and $80,000 in debt later, I gave up on the alternative because it didn't help me either. And uh, uh, then I went and had the surgery. Six months after that, I met Terry. She did this crazy energy healing with subconscious blocks. I experienced a miracle. I got my life back. All right, cool. So now what, right? Well, at first I thought learning energy healing, this should be easy. I thought it would be easy. Why? I had always crushed everything academically. I was valedictorian in my high school class. I was a National Merit Scholar. I had a perfect GPA through all my years at MIT, all these honors awards. I could bore you to tears with all the things I did academically. And so I thought learning energy healing would be easy. It wasn't. I was terrible. I couldn't do it at all. And I was so frustrated because I really, really wanted to learn this skill to help change other people's lives the way Terry had for me, right? And after 
about a year or two of this, uh, I was really frustrated. But then it dawned on me. I can approach this from a totally new direction. Instead of trying to do it the touchy-feely way, I decided to reverse engineer these people. Ah. And that was my insight. And I thought it would take six months. It ended up being 10 years. <laughs> but <laughs> I went around to all these really amazing people, starting with Terry and then a bunch of other healers, gurus, mystics, shamans, master teachers, right? All these incredible people. And little by little, I figured out what they were doing. I was able to, to some degree, reverse engineer the miracles mm. and find a formula hiding inside of it. And so for that reason, I see this as consciousness technology. Mm. It is a way to apply a fundamental force of nature to create results in the world. And so consciousness technology isn't that much different than, say, electricity technology that for thousands of years, humans knew about electricity, right? Ancient people weren't stupid. They saw lightning bolts during a storm, mm -hmm. right? They could feel the shock of static electricity on a dry winter day, right? They just didn't know how it worked. They couldn't turn it into technology because they, they experienced it, but they didn't understand it. They hadn't mastered it. Right. But by the 19th century, we figured out how it worked. We reverse engineered electricity. We have Maxwell's equations. We had uh, Tesla and uh, uh, all, all these guys creating technology based on electricity. So now we have electric lights that light our homes. We have electricity that powers our computers, our ovens, our air conditioners, even our cars. So that, that's what I mean. Electrical technology is taking an aspect of nature Mm -hmm. and learning to apply it, to use it the way you want, right? Mm -hmm. So consciousness te technology is no different. It's understanding the power of the mind, mm -hmm. the nature of the subconscious and the spirit, the soul. And of course, up to this point in history, it has not been technology, has it? It's been miracles and prayers and special people, mostly thousands of years ago, right? Mm -hmm. That miracles happened. But what I want to say is this is technology. I'm here to crack the code on metaphysics, the same way that Maxwell and Tesla and such did in the 19th century. Because once you understand the forces you're working with, then you can put them to work for you. You can make them do things that are useful. So we took electricity and it lights our homes. It heats and air conditions our homes. It drives our cars, right? It runs our TVs, our computers. In the same way, we can take the power of the mind, the subconscious, the spirit, and learn how it works and use it to achieve real results. That's what consciousness technology is. Mm. And the way I see the world, there's three generations of consciousness technology out there that you will find. Now, the first generation of consciousness technology is your sort of conventional law of attraction, positive thinking. So this stuff's been around forever, right? We had it in thinking, think and Grow Rich 100 years ago. Focus on your goal, enroll supportive people, right? Positive thoughts, vision board, mastermind, et cetera. And so that's a great start. And of course, there's a million places you can go to hire a law of attraction coach or whatever, right? And do people get results from first generation tech? Of course they do. It works, it's just a little kludgy, it's a little slow, it's a little difficult. 
So with first generation technology, you have your typical law of attraction, conventional prayer. The trouble is it doesn't work very well, right? You'll have some results and you won't see a lot of miracles happen. And so most of what's out there, I would put as first gen. And uh, unless you've never looked at it before, probably not worth your time. For the same reason, do, do you want to buy a Model T as your car? No, it's old technology, right? Oh, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's a <laughs> small number point. of people that, that appreciate point, it, right? Yeah, I get your There are point. people yeah. that like classic cars, yes, and that's I great. <laughs> but if you need a car to drive to work every day, take your kids to school. Yeah. You don't want a Model T. You want something that's modern, yeah. right? You want something that's sat, faced, exactly. that, that's fast and safe, has good air conditioning, maybe a nice stereo, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Of course, you want something that's new because it, it generally is better. Uh, same thing here. Why would you want an old technology for your prayer, for your law of attraction, for your energy healing? I mean, you can use it, right? You can get a Model T or an old VW bus from the 60s, but... Why would you when you could get something that's new that works so much better? Yeah. So that that evolved into in the, the really the last 20, 30 years, of the 20th century, we saw the emergence of the second generation of consciousness technology. And this is really significant because the, here's the difference. With the second generation technology, we start to directly work with the subconscious mind. So it would be things like healing code, emotion codes. Uh, hands-on healing, um, psyche, things like that. There's all these different processes and modalities out there where you learn to clear a subconscious block. A lot of this came originally from NLP and hypnotism. I would say that hypnotism was probably the original second-generation technology. And mm. we do much better because with the second-gen, where we're starting to directly work with the subconscious, we see a much higher success rate we also start to see medical miracles occur. This mm. is where you start to see people healing from cancer or depression, broken bones healing overnight. So this is where it really gets interesting. The trouble is though, the second gen generation technology is limited because it's all used from the ego and the mind. Mm. And it, it's all very metaphysical. In other words, it's still very manipulative. You're saying, I want this in my life, so I'm gonna go make the universe give it to me, right? And the, there, there's really nothing inherently spiritual about it. Mm -hmm. I was very lucky to be introduced to the work of my late mentor, Carl, in that that is what brought me into this really cutting edge third dimensional work or third generation work. And the biggest difference is this. With the third generation technology, it becomes very spiritual. There's a big emphasis on the process of awakening, mm -hmm. which is discovering what is this you. What exactly are you? Yeah. Where did you come from? What happens to you when the body dies? What mm -hmm. is the nature of that? What is the nature of the divine, right? Jesus told us 2,000 years ago that we're all one and we're all brothers and sisters. Doesn't seem that like that, does it? Buddha gave <laughs> us a similar message, didn't he? As did all of our great prophets. And so the third generation technology involves what we call accessing the quantum field, it's uh, different movements and entrainments to, to move yourself into an altered state of consciousness, to get much more present, to drop in, to connect to the universe. And the, the, the big change from the second to third generation is the third generation consciousness is nearly uh, perfect in terms of results.
I can say that I don't have a single student who really applied themselves that did not see big movement and progress in their life. Now, it's not 100% right away, right? It doesn't mean you're going to have your life be exactly the way you want tomorrow or next week. But it is phenomenally powerful. And really, what I would say is what we want to apply is a mixture of evolved second gen technology along with the third gen. That's what's going to serve people to move their lives forward. Everyone needs to know how to get into the subconscious, how to clear blocks, how to do healings. And that's great, but that's only going to take you so far. Yeah. I want to take people levels past that. Yeah. And uh, it, it is to the best of my knowledge, there is no other person in the world teaching at this level. That uh, of all the students he had over decades, there is only one person, my late mentor, Carl, gave. I don't know how that happened, right? It's just one of those weird things. Yeah. When I had my first session with Carl, I was so bad. I was so backwards. I met him literally the day after I declared bankruptcy. That's no exaggeration. Hmm. And for me, it was like going to spiritual boot camp. He tore me down and built me back up again. Yeah. And I'm here to offer this to everyone listening. I'm going to give you the best technology that's out there. You're welcome to spend as much time as you want in the, stuck in the first and second generation, right? Yeah. Right. You can go drive a Model T to work if you want, or maybe a Vita, an old VW bus. Mm -hmm. But wouldn't you rather have a brand new Tesla? Yeah. I mean, yeah. right. So the, 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 there's use for all of them. But mostly you'll see most of what's out there is first or second gen. Most of the law of attraction manifesting is first gen. Yeah. A lot of the energy healing and more physical work is second gen. But I know we can do better. Well, I will tell you that, that one of the things that has crossed my mind, especially when it came to the Law of Attraction and, of course, The Secret, I was interviewing someone shortly after it came out and shortly after I had watched uh, the, the, the DVD, was um, the guest said they left something out. They left something out. I said they did. a lot out. <laughs> well, but in this case, he was referring to one in particular, one thing in particular, yeah. and that is, he says, but I don't think they did it on purpose, okay? And I have to say that I tended to agree from this standpoint of what you were just talking about, uh, and that is that what they left out was just because you want to attract it into your life that doesn't mean it's for your highest good, that it may interfere with your life's purpose. Yes. And I, I lived for 46 years in Phoenix, Arizona. I was born and raised there. I don't like the city anymore because of what they've done to it. And it's mostly asphalt and concrete. But when I was a kid growing up, oh, my God, what a great place to grow up. Um, the neighborhoods, we had so much fun running around neighborhoods and up and down the alleys and between yards. And, oh, it was great. And the neighbors all knew us and they knew we weren't doing any harm. We were just we were playing and what have you. And uh, it took 46 years. I wanted to get to the ocean so bad. I wanted to live by the ocean. And I didn't expect it to be Santa Barbara, but hey, here I am, you know. And um, I have no idea what's next. All I know is I've been here 16 years. I have nothing within me 
that says it's time to move to the next place. I'm a strong believer that the universe is going to make a way for that next step. Just as you speak about the first, second, and of course the third generations of consciousness technology, and that not everybody is ready for the third, let alone the second generation, and that those can be stepping stones for those who have been through the first and second generations, right? That's really what, yes. you're, what you're saying. It's Absolutely. not that these technologies aren't valid in and of themselves. It's just that they are they're upgrades from one to two, two to three. As we all know in computers, they're always upgrading and upgrading and upgrading. And it's like, enough already. I don't want to upgrade. I do not want to spend any more money upgrading. And it gets very frustrating after a while. Um, I, I don't know about you, uh, Brent. I am not really interested in, and again, it's just, I'm not saying this specifically of what you're talking about in terms of the third generation consciousness technology. I'm cu very curious about it, very intrigued by it. And yet at the same time, I guess your example is the best in terms of the Model A versus a Volkswagen versus, let's just say, a Tesla. Sure. And I, I, and I do understand that. Um, but it's like I had an app on my phone for my, my banking. Mm -hmm. It doesn't work anymore because my phone is no longer supported by their app. So now I can't do mobile banking anymore unless I get a new phone. Is there a point at which our civilization is going to reach a point where it's like, look, you need to get on this because if you don't, you are going to be left so far behind and we don't want to see anybody left behind, but yep. you're going to be left so far behind. Um, and, and I guess maybe this is the way to put it. And I, I, I'm using this as an example, as a metaphor. Christians believe there's coming a day called the rapture and that if you aren't ready, guess what? You don't get to float into the air. Do you think that maybe that's uh, where we're headed, that the way that the universe is unfolding, if I may quote Desiderata, um, that uh, we've, we, we need to consciously begin this process, whether it's a technology a level one, generation one, generation two, or as you are describing, generation three. And odds are, I would venture somewhere down the road, uh, Brent, there'd be number four, too. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I, I think absolutely the way I would describe our society right now, we're in a car with no brakes heading 100 miles an hour straight at a brick wall. Oh, and we better do something soon, right? Because when you're eight feet from the wall, it's too late. You're going to crash. And th th this technology is an important part of that. Because if we look around at the world, it's shocking how bad everything is. Wars, oppression, corruption. I mean, just all over the place. We could go on and on. Pollution, yeah. income inequality, human trafficking, violent crime. I mean, on and on and on, right? It was uh, so sad that uh, I went to see the Scorpions recently and they played Wind of Change. And the whole audience, including me, we were in tears because it makes us so sad. Because when that song came out in the early 90s, we really thought we were on the cusp of a better world. Mm. The Cold War was ending, right? We had 
the internet coming to the fore. We were going to connect, be a global economy, a global community, and it was going to be a golden age on earth. And it went the other way. And here's what it comes down to, that we need to make some changes if we're going to flourish, even survive both individually and as a collective. But most of us are not in a place where we're ready to take part in a big common effort because we're too dysfunctional. We have too much of our own stuff in the way. We have too much pain, right? We, we don't have enough money. We, we have too, too, too many responsibilities. And mm. so here's how the things tend to work. That human nature is such that we tend not to change things until it, things approach a crisis point, right? We'll keep doing the old way over and over and over until it's clearly totally broken and we have a crisis, right? And that was me. I, I had my mindset of only conventional medicine works. I only believe the doctors, right? It was only after I was put on disability at 27 and the doctors gave up on me that I tried something different. And so th there's a reason I call this work higher dimensional living. The, the awakening dynamic system consists of seven sacred secrets of higher dimensional living, mm. including instant healing, subconscious block clearing, awakening, embodiment, and some others. And the reason we're given these tools is the old solutions we have cannot work. They will not work. <laughs> if we yeah. try to keep the old way of thinking applying to the new problems, there is no solution there. And well, we have to be made uh, desperate enough to try something new, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what we say on this program, that we are looking, we are looking, looking for those new ways of living. The old ways don't work. Just look around you. Yep. They don't work. Uh, the economic model that everybody is so gung-ho about uh, and this concept of inflation, I'm, you know what, I keep getting uh, uh, emails from people t helping me to understand <clears throat> the whole concept of supply and demand. In my opinion, supply and demand is not supply and demand, it's um, greed. That's the bottom line. How is it that you think that you're justified in charging me more because yesterday you had 100 widgets, today you only have 10? That justifies you charging more for that widget? That makes no sense. Um, so the economic models, do I know the answer to what economic model we should go to? Of course I don't. That's why we have people on like, like Brent, Brent Michael Phillips. Um, but I'm, I'm in a complete agreement with you that our systems uh, that we've had for hundreds and hundreds of years, they don't work. Because they're if not they working did, anymore. Yeah, Our if they did, we'd be thriving. We'd all be thriving. There's too many of us. The planet is just too small. And our technology has outstripped our wisdom. And so what's happening to us individually parallels what's happening to us as a society. That many of us are given major individual challenges. People are losing jobs. They're stressed about money. They are getting sick. They ha they're having pain. Uh, we're, kids are addicted to drugs. There's all these problems, right? Mm -hmm. We're not in a place where we can come together to go against that common enemy. We, our own houses are on fire, right? Yeah. You can't go help your neighbor put out his house fire when your house is on fire. Exactly. And I believe the, this consciousness technology that I've been so gifted to, to get from my teachers is what 
I have needed to turn my life around, to heal the pain, to make more money, to have a, a confident, comfortable, happy life. So, and I think this is all part of a grander plan that yeah. we cannot solve the world's great problems with the old solutions. We're going to have to create new solutions. Well, Einstein said that years and years and years ago. You yes, can't we cannot solve the problems at the same level of thinking that created them. Exactly, exactly. exactly. Yeah, so what's happening is a lot of us are having individual breakdowns hmm. to, to force you to open your mind to this new solution. Yeah. We're talking, and, we're talking well, with Brent Michael Phillips here on Tell Me Your Story, and we bring you new paradigms for a new world, and we certainly hope that you will continue to listen to Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and it's always a pleasure to uh, entertain these ideas. They may not, uh, they might ruffle your feathers a little bit. I, I am not, and I know you're not either, Brent, you're not talking about the destruction of the institutions. I heard a wonderful way of putting it better. And that is, you create a new institution that makes the old one obsolete. That's how that works. Yep. And that's what we're talking about here. And um, so we want to, basically, that's what we want to do, is we want to create new institutions that will make the old ones obsolete. But I know, too, that there are many, many people in our world today who want to have nothing to do with something new. They want to live. They want to live in the 1950s. There are people yeah. who want to go back to the 1950s. Well, it wasn't that great for certain segments of our population following World War II. You thought that the Jews were mistreated by the Nazis? You might want to think about uh, all of the um, uh, minorities, we call them today, how they were treated back in the 50s and 60s. That's why we had what would be considered a, a, a sort of revolution in the 1960s. Now well, we had that. That was a direct follow-on to World War II, because yeah. in World War II, a lot of the black American soldiers went to Europe, and they were treated with respect and dignity, yeah. treated as fellow human beings. Yeah. And then they came back to the United States after the war they had fought and died to preserve, and yeah. they were told to get in the back of the bus, get in the back of the line. Yeah. No, you can't eat here yeah. because you're black or you're brown or you're Native yeah. American or whatever, and it's yeah. ridiculous. You want to live in the 1950s, folks? I yeah. swear, if you are of color, of any other color than Caucasian, it ain't going to be a picnic. And you know what? It wasn't that much fun for poor white people either. For poor, <laughs> I think poor white people. No yeah. matter what color, gender, size, yeah. religion you are, being poor sucks. Yeah. Period. We just, I, and I was talking with someone the other day, um, we were talking about uh, specifically uh, uh, biblical things in terms of uh, the U.S. being mentioned in the Bible and so forth. And he's he's looking at the book of Hosea and, and the Jews and how, you know, we need to learn from uh, the Jews and what they experienced uh, during that particular book and that time and period and so forth. And I said, the, the, the human being has never learned from history because our history is replete with Things being done over and over and over and over. And I am sick and tired. Uh, I, I, I don't know about you. My dad is 90. 
I can only imagine how sick and tired he is. And he's been here 90 years. He, he was born as the Depression began in 1931. He went through, was not a soldier, but he went through uh, World War II and all of the other conflicts that, that followed. Um, you know, and, and obviously the civil rights movement of the 60s and all of the craziness of the 70s and on. And the list goes on. I mean, he's been through all of that. And I just, I, I can only imagine, you know. And now uh, he is faced with uh, the, the loss of uh, one of his own children who passed away, his eldest daughter, my sister. Um, you know, and, and you, you sit here and you just, you're, you're, the brain almost goes numb, Brent, mine, thinking that nobody's, nobody's looking, nobody's watching the signs. And I'm not talking prophetic signs. I'm just saying, looking around and saying, what are we doing to ourselves? I, I, I even talk about this in the context of um, the Constitution, for example. Love your comments on this, especially when it comes to consciousness. We have in the preamble, it talks about uh, these inalienable rights. Now, apparently there are more because it says, and among them are. It says life, liberty, and happiness, right? Yep. Oh, wait a minute. I'm sorry. I beg your pardon. Uh, pursuit. We can't have it like a carrot dangling from a string on a stick. We can chase it. We can pursue it. But we can't. Why couldn't they give that to us? I don't understand. They were the founding well, fathers. Uh, that I can answer. <laughs> they, they, they were striving for a quality of opportunity, not a quality of result. Right. And then you have... Um, you also have in there uh, uh, the, the preamble. It says, we the people, in order to form a more perfect government, a more perfect union, establish uh, domestic tranquility, promote the general welfare, and secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, do ordain, etc., etc. You know, can you believe I remember that from grade school? Then you have the First Amendment that says that basically you can say whatever you want, whenever you want, however you want, wherever, to whomever you want, in whatever way you want, because you have that right. I heard something just the other day regarding the First Amendment. First Amendment does not cover freedom of speech at large. It was freedom of speech to speak against the government. That's the freedom of speech they were talking about. Whereas in other countries, oh, I don't know, uh, like Russia, you speak against the government, you're going to prison. Or worse. Or worse. But that's what the First Amendment was. Now, that's what someone else has said. I don't know. I haven't researched it. Uh, but that makes an awful lot of sense. Uh, and then, of course, there's another, uh, the Second Amendment, not to get into the issue. It says a well-regulated militia. Nobody wants to talk about that part of it. I know that that's thank you for bringing up no, one of my pet peeves. Yeah. But Which well-regulated militia are you part of with that big gun? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so and then, of course, I hear people talking uh, still on the whole issue of the Constitution, how it's a it's a living document. Well, if it's a living document, then it needs to grow and evolve and change, i.e. What do we have? Twenty five. Uh, 26 amendments? I can't remember how many. amendments that, that have made it through. That have made, the 27th yeah, that have made it through. is in sort of a legal limbo. Yeah. But that's a... Uh, you know, so, so, and then there are others who think that the Constitution is so sacrosanct that you better not touch it. Yep. And, and it's like, you can't have it both ways. 
Uh, I know that in, uh, I, I think it's Japanese, is it Japanese or Chinese culture, where they wrap the little girl's feet to keep them from growing. Yeah, I, I think they do it in both cultures. Yeah. You, <laughs> so, uh, you know, we have these aspects in our different cultures around the world down through history. Sure. And here we are. It's, uh, it's 2022. Uh, I grew up watching the Jetsons expecting in the yeah. 21st century flying cars. Hey, yeah, where, believe, where's my flying car, man? Yeah. Uh, and and, and uh, uh, buildings in the sky, floating in the sky. Uh, Instead, what I didn't expect was you can't drive your car on the ground because you can't afford the gas, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. We've gone, we've gone backwards in we, a way. We really have. Yeah. Uh, I know we've kind of gone far afield here, but again, it goes back to the point of the consciousness that has created the issues that we are faced with and are dealing with today. And where will we be tomorrow? We have, there are those who say we have a madman who is on the brink of destroying the planet. Well, at least all the higher life forms. Yeah. Nuclear war wouldn't destroy Earth, but it would kill all the animals that live on the surface, that's for sure. Yeah. And Including I, humans, in case anyone's oh, unclear on that. I, I, well, here's some good news for everybody. Please. This is exactly why we need third generation consciousness technology. This is why we need awakening. Mm -hmm. Because if you really believe that this world is ultimately driven by humans with their minds and egos, we are so screwed. Oh, God, it's game over. We've already lost. Mm. But what history and science have shown us is there is an invisible hand behind the scene, the divine mind that is running the show and taking us all to exactly where we need to be. So if, then this is an important part of the awakening process that I really would love to guide everyone through. All right. If you understand what you are and what God is and what's really going on in the world, it will make your life so much easier. Oh my gosh. That with all the troubles in the world, one thing I've said often about parents, cause I have a, I have a, a little boy. I don't know how unawakened parents handle the stress that you, if you believe your child's safety and welfare is dependent on other people with their crazy beliefs and emotional imbalances, I, I'd never let my kid out the door. If you really believe that a madman is holding the fate of the world in his hands, you're going to be miserable. And the awakening process is important for this reason. I can just say to you, Richard, or anyone listening, oh, it's all in God's hand. It'll work out, right? That's nice. It's a bunch of words. Who cares? What I want to show everyone is I want you to see for yourself that this must be the case. It's the difference between me just telling you something and you experiencing it for yourself and seeing that it must be true. And to me, this is the only real remedy for all the ills in the world. There yeah. must be a spiritual solution because we're trying everything else and it ain't working. That's it right there. We've tried everything else and it's yeah. not working. Now, and I mean, I can say that the world was in a, a better place 20 years ago than I was. Yeah. Now, this. But I'm so much happier today, even though the world's gone to crap. And it's, <laughs> it's, it's all about the inner peace. It it's, really is. It sounds it right cheesy. There. 
Yeah. It sounds cheesy. Yeah. I, I yeah. want to put that out there. I, I feel weird even saying it. Well, I will tell you that the morning that I received the phone call from my youngest sister about my eldest sister's passing, I had 30 minutes before I had an interview. I debated whether or not to do the interview, but all in all, I felt okay. My perspective on death is different than most other people's. Um, I hear my sister speaking every once in a while to me. Nothing profound, nothing prophetic or anything. It's just, hey, Richard, it's gonna, it's all right. Everything's gonna be okay. All, it's all is well, as it were. Um, and I have to say that I, I honestly do believe that my perspective about that is part of what has framed my understanding and awareness of my eldest sister and her leaving her body. Or, all right, if you want to say it, dying. <laughs> uh, my father has said this time and time again. Well, it's been a long time since he said it. Eat, drink, and be merry in moderation because nobody gets out of this world alive. Well, no truer words were ever spoken. Um, that's true. And if today is my day, Brent, I'm good with that. Now, is there more I want to do? You know there's more I want to do. But I have no control over the expiration date on my travel visa. Okay? <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. But that's okay. Because I don't, I don't believe. See, I don't know this because I've never been there. But I believe it's not lights out. And even if it is, I'm not going to know it anyway, right? Because lights out. Uh, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me and my logical brain. Yes, my ego-centered personality brain doesn't make any sense that we would go through all of this. And this is all just an accident. And, you know, when we die, it's all over. It's just like, are you kidding doesn't make sense to me either. No, it doesn't. No. So can you share with us one or two of these seven aspects of sure. this third generation technology? And maybe uh, I, I was gonna throw it there. And maybe share with them to share them with us alphabetically. No. How about uh, maybe um, as stepping stones, where would we start? So uh, of the seven, I'll, I'll talk very quickly about a couple. Okay. So the easiest tool to start with is communicating with the subconscious. That I can teach people in about 20 minutes. And so that's a great place to start is how to work with your own subconscious. Now, is this the still and, small voice? What's that? Is this the still small voice we're talking about? No, the, the, these are the beliefs that are stuck in your body and, oh, and, and okay. your auric field. Gotcha. It's this, what I call the software of your soul. Okay. So we have all these energies and beliefs inside us like computer code. And they're actually creating our life experiences. It just seems like things happen to us at random, but that's not true. That there's code inside of us creating every area of your life. That's the subconscious. So the first step into the higher dimensional world for most people is to learn how to communicate with the subconscious and see what's in there. And on my Healathon live webinars, I walk everyone through that process. So you will be able to communicate with your own subconscious mind anytime you want for the whole rest of your life. Mm. So that, that, that's a great first step for most people. Usually the steps after that is learning to work with the subconscious, what we call subconscious recoding.
that, that the way our lives work is a human is very much like a computer in many ways. We got our body, which is the hardware, and we got the subconscious mind, which is the software. And we have a program inside of us for every area of our life. So we all have a program that determines how much money we make, how healthy we are, how happy we are, how much we need to sleep, the things we like, everything is in there, right? So once you learn to communicate with the subconscious, then you learn how to re re recode it to fix the bugs. And this takes a couple hours to do. It doesn't take long to learn. But then you can start reprogramming yourself from the inside out. And if you don't like some area of your life, you can just rewrite the program. You know, someone said to me, uh, <laughs> because of some things that I am personally personally going through, that uh, and, they, and, and I had to accept the words. I didn't have to like them, but I had to accept them as accurate. They said to me, Richard, you wrote the script. Okay. Yes. You wrote the script. Yep. Okay. Now that doesn't mean that you can't rewrite the script. Okay. Correct. It's just you need to accept the reality that you wrote it. Yep. And I do. I do indeed. I'm also very optimistic. Uh, uh, I am. I've always been uh, the kind of person who has felt uh, the glass is half full. I'm not sure what it's full of, but half full anyway. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm wondering how we, as we begin that process of of going back into the subconscious and sort of what rewriting that code, if you will, yeah. you kind of used it as a code. Um, because I remember sharing with my father my observations of the computer back in the 90s. I was building computers shortly after I was introduced to them. My very first one was a Core Data computer with the large five-and-a-half-inch floppy disks, two drives to stick those in, no hard drive, only memory. And then I went on a 286, 386, and I started building them. And I started putting them together thinking... You know, with the exception of maybe a soul and, and emotions, you know, a computer is an awful lot like a human being. It is, you know? isn't it? And my father disagreed with me. I, I, I didn't argue with him. I said, okay. But I believe it is uh, very much so. And you have your peripherals, you know, which are, in our case, our arms and legs and so sure. forth. And we have this programming that we are given from the very beginning that we enter into this lifetime. But also, if we are ones who do, as I myself do, accept the realities of reincarnation, we've got programming going back th potentially thousands and thousands of years. Yep. So is it important for us to stay focused so that it's not a monumental task to deal with those elements uh, that are part of our present lifetime subconscious? Rather than trying to figure out, okay, is this from a previous life or is this? Yeah, this? I, I generally don't worry about that. It's yeah. interesting you say that because when I first learned healing 20 years ago, mm -hmm. a part of the process was to identify where stuff came from and what level it was held on. And then we had different methods you used to release it depending on where it was held. Mm. Good news is that's old technology now, right? It, it's like we've upgraded from a manual transmission to an automatic. Ah. So now we have an automatic 
you just press the gas and the car goes and it figures out what gear to be in, right? Mm -hmm. But back when I started, it was like that. You did need to go identify it. So it's not necessary anymore because the technology has evolved. That the way it works is everything from your past will show up in some way in your present life. They're all, every, every life is a sort of interdimensional echo of all the others. So, for example, I was told one of the reasons I had so much pain and problems with my arms when I was young was that I had a past life as a samurai and I had had both my arms cut off in a battle. Oh, jeez. Yep. Wow. So did I need to know that to heal my body? No, I didn't need to know that. Now, depending on the technique you're using, you might need to, right? Mm -hmm. All depends on your technology. Sure. But nowadays, we don't need to know that. Nowadays, the technology has evolved so much that I can do in three seconds what used to take 20 minutes. Mm. So it's much easier, much yeah. faster, right? I went through a personal growth program where one of the phrases that they often would throw out when someone would ask this question was, give up the need to know why. And they would put it in a very convincing way. You are the way you are right now. How will knowing why you are this way? For example, I like orange sherbet. I don't know why I like orange sherbet, but I do. I, I, I wish I knew why. How would knowing why make the enjoyment of orange sherbet better? Actually, a lot of the times it'd make it worse. It very well could. Right. I remember when, when I was uh, uh, had my startup, we, we worked with a lot of people in entertainment. And we, we spent time with a lot of movie people. And it drove me a little nuts watching a movie with movie people because they're all talking about the lighting and the camera angle and the cuts. And I'm like, shut up, guys. I just want to enjoy the story, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sometimes when you understand it, if you know how the sausage is made, it doesn't taste as good. <laughs> exactly. So, no, do you, you need to know yeah. this? No, you don't. In yeah. fact, my late mentor used to drill into me, let go of the need to understand. Yeah. D don't think you need to know it, right? I loved what someone said to me because I, I've always been very curious, uh, a, a very curious individual. Uh, and, of course, you would, you know, be asking those questions, why, why, you know, that kind of stuff, as, as a little kid would do. You know, oh, the sky is blue. Why? Well, because is it why? Well, because is it why? <laughs> no, it just goes on and on and on. Well, that's easy. It's light diffracting through the atmosphere. Yeah, but that, that. Doesn't help the little, that doesn't help the little kid. Yeah, it doesn't uh, help a Because they're still going to ask uh, why. <laughs> yeah, what's an atmosphere? On. What's light? What's diffraction? Exactly, yeah. exactly. Um and I was told many years ago, why don't you save some questions for eternity, you know, when, you, when you're on the other side there, you know? You can search out those, the answers to those questions later. And I also do remember, um, I remember uh, um, how people, they, they, they manipulate what they refer to as the truth to, for their own gains. So when someone passes away who is of that particular mindset, shall we say, uh, specifically, I remember when Jerry Falwell, who I was quite familiar with because one of his programs, the Old Time Gospel Hour, was on the radio station that I worked for. When he passed away, the only thing that came to my mind at that moment was, well, at least now he knows the truth. You know, or at least I hope. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, I would hope that when we are on, I I don't like saying the other side because it's more along the lines of uh, what we can see and hear is a very limited uh, uh, aspect of the various um, uh, light waves and sound waves. You know, we can only hear certain certain parameters on the spectrum, and yet the spectrum is is enormous on both sound and uh, and light. Um, and that I'd like to think that it's just because we can't see or hear that vibration, that phase, if you will, that uh, dimension. Maybe that's a way to put it. Uh, and um, you know. That's just that, oh, that's my. I, I, I can demystify it for you if you'd like. Please go ahead. It's pretty simple. We got four bodies. Two of them can only exist on Earth. Two transcend Earth. So when the physical body dies, the emotional and physical bodies stay on Earth, but the mental and spiritual bodies separate. There's a decoupling, and then they move into a higher dimensional space, the the fifth dimension, some would call it. Mm-hmm. So what happens when you die? Well, really. The answer, to answer that question, we first must define what is the you that's dying. Right. And that is the point of awakening, that what we are is very different than what we think we are. And what and we are is immortal. What The truth of the self is, in fact, immortal. Yeah. It, it is uh, what they call the non-dual. Yeah. That which cannot be created or destroyed or modified that simply is. And it trans it can be transformed into other things, okay. Of course. But it's never and they say that specifically when they talk about this in reference to energy. Yes. Energy is never destroyed. It's never. Uh, it's, it simply it's changes just, form. Yeah, it just changes form. You know, and to me it, that that is fascinating. And this conversation with Michael. Uh, with uh, Brent Michael Phillips is also very fascinating. We also encourage you to go to. My mustache is giving me problems today. It's very interesting. Uh, We encourage you to go to his website, which is awakeningdynamics.com. We will be linked to his website so that you can find out more about whether or not you are ready to experience the world's only true third-generation consciousness technology. I I encourage you to go to uh, his website, the homepage, where you can get started. Learn about the the three generations of consciousness technology. It's a video that you can watch. I've seen it. I've also uh, gone to the Find Your Hidden uh, uh, Spiritual Power, which is the uh, intuition. Mine, in in my case, is uh, is intuitive uh, superpower, if you will. (laughs) Uh, At least I'd like to think of it in that context, only because, uh, uh, Brent... We encourage people on this program to spend time during this, the decade of perfect vision. And there's only one place where you can get that perfect vision. And that's by going within and listening to that still small voice. Talk to us about the role that our inner life, specifically, whether you want to call it communicating with the divine, with God, I use the term my friend who prompts me um, and its role in the third generation of consciousness technology. Well, in, in the third generation, it really starts with understanding what is the nature of you. 
And this is so important because most of us spend our entire lives assuming we know what we are, but we're totally wrong. And what's happened to us is it's it's uh, we we've fallen for a red herring. Okay. And a red herring is not the thing you're looking for, but you think it is, so you stop looking. Ah. Hmm. And that's what's happened. We think we know what we are, so we stop trying to look for it. And I had been a full time healer for ten years before I started to experience this awakening to discover the truth of the self. And what we want to understand is there's actually more than one you. It's not a single monolithic thing. There's different layers to the self, different dimensional aspects that are stacked on top of each other. And the, the hint I'll give everybody right now, because the full awakening takes some time. I, if I could wake everyone up in 20 minutes, I would do it. You can't. It's like learning to speak a new language, right? Uh, no matter how smart you are, Richard, you could not speak fluent Chinese tomorrow if you know none today, right? Mm -hmm. Awakenings like that, too. It takes some time. But when you see the truth, then you know how to integrate all these different levels and aspects of you. And in the more advanced trainings, one of the things I work with people on is how to tell the difference. How do you tune into your inner guidance to your truth versus all the psychic static that's out there? And this, it's a harder thing than most people realize. Just because you're hearing a voice from a non-physical entity does not mean that it's God or your higher self or necessarily something to listen to, right? Mm -hmm. It's like reading something on the internet. Is it true? I don't know. You have to know your source, right? Yeah. But yes, that, that is a big part of it is to learn what are these different parts of you? What is that little voice? How can you tune into it? Yeah. How do you make a dis distinction between that and all the other noise that's out there? And I'm not sure how people move their lives forward without this. I mean, it's just the amount of stress that it puts on you to live from the ego is overwhelming. It, it's really, it's crushing. Yeah, it is. I find uh, also um, uh, the universe has a, a beautiful way of uh, keeping me humble. When I start getting too full of myself, and I thank God it has been a long time since I've gotten there. It brings into my life uh, situations that uh, give me my comeuppance. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm glad for that. I truly am. Because this is not, this is not all about me. It is about me, but it's not all about me. I'm just a part, okay? Just like you're a part. And my next guest will be a part. My next guest and the guests before and, and all of that. And the thousands, I do believe, of people who have helped me along my I did not get here on my own. And I think that's one of the things that, I, I don't know, I, I, I'm trying to figure out the consciousness of this country and its people in that the, the, the attitude at large is we are superior to all other people and nations, that we will always be number one, and that nobody better mess with us. And I'm sitting here going, okay, that means we're always on the defensive. We always have to... Um, we're always waiting for that other, as the phrase goes, that other shoe to drop, you know, and we've got to be ready in the 
flight or fight mode. Uh, I was bullied as a kid, and I, I got real good at, uh, at track and field. I want you to know I won a few medals, gold medals in track and field when I was in, when I was in grade school uh, because I had, no, I had no desire whatsoever to compete in a combat situation. It just, I don't even want that today. I hate, that, I hate the drama, you know? I love cartoons. I don't know about you and what, what, what distracts you, but I know cartoons are stupid. That's why I watch them, because I like to laugh. Sure. You know, um, cartoons for me are like the cracker that you eat between uh, 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 different types of wines in a wine tasting to Reset clear the mental palate. palate. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. To me, it's, it's, it's very interesting what you have brought to us today. AwakeningDynamics.com is the website. Yep. And uh, you also have, uh, if I'm not mistaken, you've got a little ebook that's available as well. I do. Tell and us I would about encourage that. everyone, you, you can head to my website, AwakeningDynamics.com. Uh, you'll see a big button with a very big red arrow that says Save My Seat. That's the first thing you want to click. That will save your spot for my next live Helathon webinar where I'm going to walk you through so you can experience all seven of these tools of higher dimensional living. Because I don't want anyone to believe something just because I said it. I want you to have your own experience Yeah. to see that this is new. This is different. If It's real. Give it a shot. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not for everyone, right? For sure. But give it a shot. You'll also see there's a link to get take the spiritual power quiz. And anyone that does the spiritual power quiz, I will also send you a free copy of my uh, first volume on my book, Where Science Meets Spirit, The Formula for Miracles, as well as a template for higher dimensional living. And again, an invitation to join us at the live Helathon webinar. That's where you're really going to experience some magic. What would you say are some of the scientific endeavors that we've taken on that um, might facilitate the continuation of science and spirituality continuing to get closer and closer. And I'm going to throw this one out. I don't know how this applies or what have you. It just came to mind. And the universe asks the questions on this program. I'm just along for the ride, okay? Sure. But the scientific experiment or device that I'm thinking of right now is the Hedron Collider in Europe. Mm-hmm. Uh, where they're trying to crash two particles into one another to do to accomplish exactly what I'm not 100% certain, and that's okay. I don't need to know. Um, but do, do you see that and others, other things like that as sort of representations of what we're trying to figure out on that spiritual or metaphysical level? Well, it's interesting. This is what happened, that around the time of the Renaissance, there was a big conflict between science and religion. Because during the Middle Ages, religion ruled the world, at least Europe. And no one questioned religion. Then in the Renaissance, the scientists showed up and said, hey, guys, we have a different way of explaining the world that doesn't involve a 2,000-year-old book, that involves measurement and experiments, right? And there was a lot of conflict. And Descartes essentially proposed a solution which held for about 300 years. He said, we're going to draw a line through the world. On the left side is god and the afterlife and the spiritual world and the church controls that and science will not mess with it on the other side of the line we have science in the physical world that this is science's domain and religion will keep its nose out of it 
And so science and religion, spirituality, were forcefully separated for hundreds of years. But now that wall is coming down. And it's coming down with work on both sides. Mm. Because you have on one hand, many prominent scientists, including pretty much everybody working right now in fundamental physics, they are all discovering the spiritual. Mm. They're seeing science can only take us so far without integrating consciousness and spirituality. Where we're bumping into fundamental limits of the scientific process. And the only way forward is integrating spiritual spirituality. Would you say that uh, uh, the one story of the scientists who had this experiment and they were trying to recreate the results uh, multiple times, but every time they did it, they got a different result and yeah. they couldn't figure out for the longest time until they realized that they were the variable? Yes, they, that, that is the biggest problem with science is that the scientists who are running and observing the experiments and recording the results, their consciousness changes the results. Hmm. And this is why we need to integrate the spiritual piece. Yeah, Science can only go so far without it. At the same time, the spiritual part can only go so far without science. Do you to most people, energy healing law of attraction is this nonsense woo-woo thing. Yeah, It's not true, but because there is not enough science around it, it can only go so far. Yeah. And I'm here trying to tear down the wall from the other side. Yeah. No, I'm here trying to reconnect the spirituality to the science. I don't know about you, uh, Brent. I don't really have a desire to live in a mansion. I don't have a desire to to drive a Tesla. I mean, I'll, I'll go with an electric car, whatever it is, you know, as long as I can afford it. <laughs> uh, I'm not looking for... The higher end things um, I have learned over the years that I want to take care of what I do have, you know, until I feel the urge to maybe upgrade. Um, but I also feel that none of those items in the material world are necessary for me to fulfill my purpose in life. Well, you know, it's interesting. One of the things that happens to people during the awakening process is that you will start to realize that these things you thought you wanted so much aren't actually important to you. Yeah. That we've all been brainwashed by our parents, our teachers, the TV, the internet, the media, right? Mm -hmm. They've convinced us that we all want to live in mansions and have Ferraris and, you know, fly around on private jets and yeah. carry designer handbags. And so everyone is competing and suffering and struggling to get that. But the truth is, for most people, that's not really what you're meant for. Yeah. So even if you had that tomorrow, I guarantee you would be unhappy. Yeah. And what will happen is during the awakening process, you will start to lose interest in the brainwashing because it's not the real you. Yeah. And you will find the things that really do give you fulfillment. So one of the things I found before awakening, I always wanted to live in a big, obnoxious mansion. That, to me, was your sign of success, right? Mm -hmm. Right? Growing up, oh, you have a million-dollar mansion in a nice neighborhood, then you've made it. And I thought I wanted that. Then I realized at some point, that, that's not me. If I had that, I'd be miserable. Yeah. What, of, of all the crazy things, one of the things I discovered that had been there the whole long was how much I loved music, especially live music. Yeah. And it's like I said, it's been there the whole time. Mm -hmm. And for me, letting go of the desire for a mansion and instead going out to more shows, my, I'm so much happier. Yeah. Why? That's what Brent is meant for. 
Brent's meant to live in where I live mm -hmm. and, you know, drive what I drive and go to where I go. Yeah. And the, the, many of us are so miserable because we don't know the real us. Yeah. All these things you think you want is brainwashing. It's propaganda yeah. that's been put into your head by the government and big corporations to get you to give them what they want. Right. Yeah. And you know, you'll be amazed at how much easier life is when you discover the truth about yourself. Oh, yeah. Because the things you really want that are really important for you are right there waiting for you. You know, I had a, an interesting experience where uh, I was born and raised, uh, I was born uh, legally blind. I could see, I could bicycle, I could get around. I was all over town like you wouldn't believe. And in 1994 and five. I was petitioning the DMV in Arizona to get a driver's license just to ride a moped, to go a little bit faster. Now, I'm, I've always been a very defensive driver. Couldn't get one, couldn't get one, couldn't. And I finally said, you know what? If I'm bicycling at the age of 65, you know what? That's okay. Uh, first of all, I will be healthier, okay? Uh, I will be doing my part for the environment, all right? Uh, it's okay. So I basically, I let that go. I just let it go. In 1996, March 6th, I was laid out on an operating table having a lens implant in my right eye. And now I have a driver's license and I am now driving because I let that go. And to me, when we let stuff like that go, whether it's the material things of a mansion or, of, you know, a private jet or whatever it is, and we just say, you know what, I am, I am happy with who I am, where I am, how I am, and I'm just going to be open to whatever the universe brings my way. And I will tell you that these days, the most important thing for me, uh, Brent, is relationships. It's community. That's what, from for me, that's what's the most important thing, is fostering those. Well, that's why I said, usually the thing that's really important to you has been there the whole time. Yeah, exactly. You just look past it, look, trying to find your mansion and garage full of Ferraris. Yeah. I did. Yeah. yeah, I hear you. <laughs> and this is what I want. I want everyone to discover the truth inside themselves. AwakeningDynamics.com is the website. Brent Michael Phillips, my guest here on Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and uh, I want to, first of all, thank you for giving us so much time here on the program, uh, sharing your life, what you went through, and where you are today, and for uh, the work that you are allowing us to be a part of through your facilitating us in terms of Awakening to the new ways of being, of living, of thinking, of feeling. And, and uh, when I say being, I mean that just not on the physical, but also on the spiritual level. And recognizing who, who, who and what we really are. So thank you. It's been a great, great to be here and to share the message with the, the listeners. Because I would love to find the people that I can help to totally change your life. 
And I do believe, too, that uh, those people are drawn to you who are uh, ready, willing, and able to do it. And uh, we hope that through this program, uh, more folks will will participate uh, at some level, in some way, uh, to help to not only raise their consciousness, but also that of, uh, of our society and civilization. Uh, we... we um, on the one hand, we've come a long way uh, in certain areas, and um, yet at the same time, we've got a long way to go. Uh, but I ain't giving up. I am not giving up, and um, it is still possible. Absolutely. I have three final questions that I do want to ask you that I ask all of my guests. Okay. Uh, before I do, I would like to uh, mention to you, the listener and the viewer, that you are listening to and watching Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World, as we are giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. We are here on Sundays at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m., Monday mornings at 1 a.m., Wednesdays for a special edition of Tell Me Your Story at 9 a.m., all times Pacific. You can hear that uh, program on any of those four lo uh, time slots uh, at richarddugan.com. There is a click to listen link on the home page. And uh, the uh, programs in their entirety are podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM, Blueberry, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and many other locations across the Internet. And we are on YouTube where you can watch these interviews. We will also be linked to uh, Brent's website, which is uh, AwakeningDynamics.com. We hope that you will uh, check it out and uh, take the quiz and find out more about the uh, three the three. Uh, levels of consciousness, the uh, technology that we've been talking about here on the program today. We also encourage you to participate in the Decade of Perfect Vision, the 2020s, as we uh, encourage you to go within. I, I am listening all the time. When I get in my truck, I'm really listening because there are times and who knows, I may have avoided something or just by virtue of going this other direction, I have created a whole new ripple effect that is, uh, is a good thing for myself and other people around me. So uh, I, I'm listening, and I spend as much time as I can uh, doing just that. So I hope that you will take that same time to go within and listen to that still small voice. Identify that it is that which you, uh, that you really want to be guided by, that intuition, uh, and uh, hope that you'll do that. We also hope that if you uh, like what we're bringing you, uh, we'd love uh, any financial support that you could bring our way. We have a PayPal account that is there for your security as well as ours, and uh, so whatever amount you can give, thank you, thank you, thank you to those who have helped and those who will help. And with that, we move on to our uh, final three questions here on the program. And the first of those three questions is, who is Brent Michael Phillips? Well, uh, I would say Brent Michael Phillips is a uh, human organism from Earth. But I am not Brent. What I am is something different. But there is a Brent, and the voice you're hearing is coming through the Brent organism. So there you go. What is it that you hope to or want to achieve through the work that you are doing now? Really? I, I have two goals. <laughs> the more immediate goal is to give people tools to change their lives, mm. to make more money, to heal your body, to find love, to raise your consciousness. There's a second goal, which is once enough of us get our own houses in order, we need to be working together to take, take on some of these bigger issues that only the power of consciousness in this higher dimensional work, I think, has the potential to solve the world's problems. 
We have to lift our consciousness. We have to find new ways to approach things. But like I said earlier, you can't help your neighbor put his house fire out when your house is on fire. Right. So I want everyone to get your life in order first. Then I believe we'll be called upon to work together to to aim at some of these bigger issues because together we can solve them. And finally, the question is, what is your life's purpose? Uh, my life's purpose is simply to be Brent. And with that, we again thank you so much for being with us here on the program. And uh, we hope that uh, somewhere down the road we can have you back again to talk further about these things because they are important. They are uh, necessary for us if we are going to continue on. And I actually firmly believe this, uh, uh, Brent. If we're going to continue on as a species, we got to do something. And yeah. what we've been doing isn't going to get it. It's not going to cut it. Yep. We're going 100 miles an hour. The brakes are out. We're headed to a brick wall. Yeah. Well, we're going to do, we got to do something. Well, I think I have an answer, at least for some people. All right. And that's what we're looking for is answers and the people. If it resonates with you, please check out awakeningdynamics.com. I'm Richard Dugan. This has been Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World, as we're giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. And until our next broadcast, podcast, videocast, love to Lal and to my sister Jeanette, I'll be listening.